Hello, and welcome to CarterCast, a Marvel's Agent Carter podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jesse, and today we're discussing episode 7 of Agent Carter entitled Snafu. Yeah. So, have I been on this show before? Yes, you have, once okay. before. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is the penultimate episode. It's a big deal. Um, I think we had some really great acting throughout. We had some big moments. I'm giving it an A-. minus. What about you? Yeah, I'd give it an A-, minus too, mostly just because I'm hoping that I give next week an A. Yeah. Uh, I really don't have very many. My, my cons are really general, and like I have no specific cons about the episode. Yeah. But in, term, uh, in terms of pros, what did you like about the episode? So, like I said, I think that we had a number of characters getting really good uh, acting moments, uh, including Dooley, Peggy, and uh, I guess uh, the villain, too, was his name, Ivanchenko. Ivchenko. Ivchenko, yeah. Uh, I think we had some really cool moments, good comedy, good action. What are some of your high points? Yeah, I mean, it was actually a mostly pretty dramatic episode. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the interrogation scene was really, really well cut together. Mm. Um, like showing the th- you know the three versions of the cops. I thought it was really interesting that they made Thompson the good cop. Yeah. And made um, uh, Susan the bad cop. Yeah. Uh, interesting, partly just because you know obviously Carter would actually know that normally it's the other way around. Yeah. Susan was particularly interesting to me because it was so different from what I was expecting, and it was sort of like a it like almost made me upset, but then I was like, this is good. Because it was like I was expecting this to be the episode where like they sort of form a bond, like they get closer or something. And instead, it was sort of revealing this thing about him that you know, that he, I mean, that he pretty much outright says it that you put me on a pedestal, and then when I you know don't live up to your expectations, you just basically call me a whore. Yeah, um, no, I thought that it, I thought that her dressing down of each of them individually for their specific brand of sexism yeah. was just it was brilliantly done. Yeah. I also think that it's totally makes sense. Uh, I think Souza was shown to be sort of the nice guy character. Yeah. You know, like with quotes around nice guy. You know, yeah. he like thinks of, you know, he's like, well, think, well, no, well, well the thing one. is, he was a nice guy until this episode. Like, he literally was a nice guy. There was nothing about him that wasn't nice. No, yeah, but like we see in the first episode, I remember when he like tries to, you know, stand up for her and she's like, I can handle it on my own. Yeah. Like, but, so we see that he sort of has this idea that. He's protecting her from sexism, and he has a little. Mm. Uh, I like him as a character, but he def- definitely has a little bit of that sort of hero complex that yeah. is dangerous and uh, frequently occurring in American society. Yeah, and I think that this episode totally, sh- uh, like, especially at the beginning when he really like he's so furious with her because he, uh, you know, I think obviously has feelings for her mm. and just feels utterly betrayed. Yeah. And, and feels like she wasn't what he built her up to be in his head. So it's not even just that she wasn't what she presented herself as. Yeah. She wasn't what he imagined her to be, and he's just furious yeah. about it. So I thought that that was a, a well-written character in terms yeah. of, uh, like, not a character that I like in, ter- mm. in terms of, like, I would want to be their friend, but a character that I can uh, see as a real human being. Yeah, I, it's interesting because that whole, his whole, you know, Everything he was doing in this episode was really making me battle within myself because I was like, the part of me that's like, this is a really well-written character, good representation, I was like, I was like, this is awesome. And then there was part of me was like, wanted to be a shipper and was like, I really can't ship them anymore. Yeah, that's why you gotta ship Angie and Peggy. Well, that's the thing, that's like the, (laughs) it's literally the only one that you can, I can actually get behind at this point because I, I think that the show might actually not ship, put her with anyone. I bet you it doesn't, and I would yeah. be really proud of it for that, unless they decide to put her with Angie, in which case I'd be like, yay. Um, yeah, I mean, I really was, the entire show, I was expecting her to end up with one of them, 
And if it, I, uh, I'm starting to think it might not. So that's really interesting. Oh man, I ne- I thought from the beginning if that if she ends up with one of them, I'm gonna be really pissed off because I think that that would be well. Okay, by by end by end up with by end up with, I'm gonna say that I I didn't mean like they're they're in love and married by the end of the. I mean I might I thought maybe she'd share a kiss or have some. Yeah, like even that. Well, wait. So you're not a a strong woman's not allowed to have a male companion and find love? No, that's not what I'm saying. I just think that in a show where it's about her professional life in a sexist environment, yeah, having her like, especially because like even Souza has his own brand of sexism. Well, but he did. I don't think he did until this episode. He stood up for her because he thought it was the right thing to do. Whether like that's not like he's so bad. It's a patriarchal but, thing. Yeah, well, it's, it's not great, but he cared about her. He, like he it's wanted. It's not to... overt sexism. Sexism. It's a much subtler sexism, which is in some ways more dangerous. I I agree, but I, I, but I don't think I don't to... think that that would make him incapable of dating her. I think that she asserted herself in that moment, and that he, he could have just been like, okay, I shouldn't do that. She can stand up for herself. Until this episode, I think it would have been fine if they ended up together. She can find love. What's wrong with that? I don't think, and she does get married, so it would have made sense. Uh, yeah, I just, I feel like it would have been a subplot that I would be far less interested in than any of the actual plots that have occurred in the yeah, show. Yeah, which is why I, yeah, I mean, no, I think this is an important thing to talk about, which is mm-hmm. why I always wanted, I mean, I always didn't want it to be in the forefront, and I was always very proud that it was very much in the background, that there were very few scenes between her and Souza. But I would have been fine with, like, especially if we don't know if the show comes back or not or what, if, if there had been a slight moment at the end, but maybe even, like, a look or they go for coffee or something. I would have been fine with that. But, at, yeah, at this point, I don't think she should end up with any of the guys. And uh, Angie, it seems like that would be, you'd have to do it, like, season two or something. But but we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, they might be able to work her into, well, well I doubt they can work her into the next episode well, but yeah. they might, you know, writers um, can do wonders. But in any case, uh, there's a lot more we wanted to talk yes. about. Uh, we really also liked the interactions between uh, Jarvis and Peggy. Mm-hmm. Particularly liked, this was not with Peggy, but when he shows up and he's in the uh, front of the SSR, which is set up like uh, a switchboard for telephones. Yep. And the woman has her hand on a gun under the table and he says that he's there to see Chief Dooley. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, sort of like very chipper and like not, I don't think he'd like totally realized that his uh, life was in danger at all. Yeah. And it, it was very Jarvis. And yeah. the fact that he, like, panicked and wrote this confession without <laughs> thinking it through yeah. was also really funny. Yeah, I, I really do like the, ju- the juxtaposition between him and Peggy, where Peggy would never, you know, be that frightened and come up with a silly plan. She'd really think it through and make the really good plan. Yeah. And uh, and there, I, I mean, I have loved their dynamic since the beginning, so I'm glad we got a few more funny moments here, like the table through the window thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope we yeah. get more from them next week. Yeah, that li- that line definitely felt written, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the um, I just realized something. We're still attached to a table. We're still attached to a table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. It was silly, but they uh, sold it well. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I also really liked the way that they did Peggy's confession, where she like actually reveals everything that she has actually done. Mm-hmm. Partly because they did so much of it off screen, I felt like they resisted the urge to like show her sort of like putting all the blame on herself and like totally admonishing herself in front of these men and instead showed it as like, this is what she did. And here's the reason. And the reason was way more important than what she was actually doing. And the reason was because she needed to get them on her side so that she could actually save the day again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that Haley Atwell did a really good job with it. I think that, um, 
It was interesting to me because I feel like if they didn't have the duly death thing here, that her coming clean with all of it and there not really being repercussions wouldn't have worked for me. But now, post Dooley's death, and then she's going to go and save the day, I think that now I can buy it more. But when she first did it, and they were like, like, even if they believe her and work with her or whatever, it's kind of like, she did commit treason, didn't she? Like, even if she did it for the right reasons. Um, she lied to the federal government, that's not necessarily treason. Yeah, no, working, at, treason is the act of working actively to overthrow your government. Yeah, but she's, so, okay, she whether was, whether it's treason or not, she committed a lot of crimes. Yeah, no, she did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that kind of thing happens yes. all the time, especially like, and especially in superhero media. Yeah, but this like, is but this no isn't. She's not a su- she's not a superhero. She's a yeah, but it's still superhero media, yeah. even if she's not a superhero. Yeah. Um, but in any case, uh, what do you think about the way that they uh, showed Chenko's power in this? I thought it was pretty well done. I think that the um. That they managed to get a pretty good amount of emotion from me from the whole family scene, even having never seen the family before, which is impressive. Um, I think that the visuals of it worked pretty well. It didn't blow me away, but I thought it was pretty cool. I think that it was a big improvement over uh, the last couple of weeks where he, where they just showed him rubbing the ring. Yeah. Which, you know, was sort of compelling, but it would have gotten really boring after a while. And I thought that the move to a more cinematographic style was uh, good. And I do, I, I was talking last week with with Nare about how I thought it was interesting and nice that you know the guy in this is the listener the emotional one and you know he's using he's manipulating that whereas the woman is sort of the the brawn and the you know the fight in the equation whereas you know we haven't really seen him in action yeah yeah no it's and I thought that it was interesting to show also that like he initially used his power to you know like help save men's lives during the um, yeah during World War II, yeah. uh, and that, you know, it's very much about his patriotism, really. Mm. Although we'll see, like, how that plays out with Soviet versus Leviathan loyalties. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of Dottie in this episode? Like, I know you were talking about how she was, uh, like, the brawn. I really, really enjoyed the way that she descended the stairwell, sort of, you know, mm. like, the really fast parkour. Yeah, that was fun. It, yeah, it's fun, and, like, it fits with the sort of stunts we've been seeing in the show and in the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's the type of thing that I would expect uh, Black Widow to be able to do, too. Yeah, the thing about Dottie is I think that, like, she serves a cool purpose and she's, like, a, a fun character to watch. And I'm very much looking forward to her fight with Peggy next week. At the same time, I, I'm not – she's not a very interesting villain, in my opinion. She's just a brainwashed soldier, as far as we can tell. And I'm not – there's nothing to grasp onto there. Yeah, um, no, I think that she's definitely relegated to side villain. Yeah. Which, in some way, like, there's a debate to be had there about the representation in terms of whether, you know, it's better to have a, you know, a more complete character and a female villain. Yeah. Uh, or if it's better to, like, have a more overarching patriarchal villain in a show that's, you know, so overtly dealing with sexism. Yeah. And not, and not to make it about women fighting women. Yeah, and even a little bit further than what you're talking about, I do think there's something to be said about the fact that she's brainwashed and was brought up that way from childhood. She's, like, not even doing this out of her own patriotism, right? Like, so I do yeah. think that she, she's an interesting character, and I think that they're doing some good things with her, but I don't think she's necessarily one of the high points of the show. I think Peggy's a much more interesting 
Yeah, I would imagine that we're supposed to read her more as, like, an analog for Natasha Romanoff's backstory. Yeah, yeah. Like, than as her actual own character, which is too bad. It would be nice if, like, if we'd gotten a little bit more of, like, her as an actual character. Yeah. And it's also funny, I mean, and interesting that if, you know, if this could go by, like, comics timeline (laughs) and compress everything, this could be Natasha Romanoff before she really got out of everything, and that could have been really interesting, but, you know, obviously, given the fact that how times have changed and it's no longer the comics in the 40s, you know, you can't do that stuff. Let's talk about Dooley, though. Yeah, um, I thought that the uh, sort of gentle nod towards the Iron Man armor in the form of his sort of death suit was interesting. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to be sort of a direct reference to Iron Man 1 where it's like Obadiah Stane dies uh, because of he didn't deal with the freezing problem Mm. um, when he's when they're going straight up. Uh, But I I thought that it was an interesting thing without being too overt. Yeah, I agree. Um, And also, like the actual stunt of his death was super great. I have to say, like this show's production value is really amazing. It's like there totally works in terms of period. I never am like is that car supposed to be there or something like that? Yeah. Like they did a really good job setting that up. And generally I feel like they haven't even sort of sacrificed that much on the stunts level. Yeah. But it's like, interesting. I was also, I, I early on in the show when they had those orbs, those glowing orbs, mm-hmm. uh, those, that was the one thing that I was like, this doesn't feel like it fits to me. It just feels a little too, it looked like a, they, they grabbed the dragon ball and brought it onto a period setting. And I didn't really like it. I was kind of nervous when he took the suit out, when he had the suit on. I thought maybe it wouldn't work for me. It just felt a little too visually out there. But his acting, you know, made me look beyond that. And I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, yeah, also, like, actually, that the idea of, like, those heat coils, that actually yeah. would, if it weren't for the fact that it has a highly unstable fuel source, it would actually yeah. kind of work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm literally talking on a visual level, just like the yeah. super glowiness. But I think it reminded me of uh, Extremis, which yeah. I'm guessing it was also supposed to. Yeah, I I think that that the actor who plays Dooley is really what sold a lot of this for me because I wasn't super involved in him as a character, but his portrayal did give me some emotion for yeah. his death, uh, and obviously the way other people reacted to it too. Yeah, it's interesting. I I know I'm trying to be positive because I think a lot of things worked really well here. But the more I'm talking, the more I'm just like, I guess wasn't super invested in a lot of these people. And I I think it's really just Peggy, Angie, and Jarvis that I'm really invested in. Even though I think that they've done good work with a lot of the other characters. Well, it's just like like if if Thompson had died, I wouldn't have like if honestly, even if so, if Souza had died at this point after that happened, I wouldn't have been upset about it. Yeah, and I wasn't upset about Dooley dying. I was just like, oh, he's doing a good job, but I was I was very detached. Yeah, no, that's uh, kind of fair. Like to be fair though, this yeah. is an eight episode run. Yeah, with almost entirely brand new characters. So it's the only characters that carried over were Howard and uh, Peggy. Yeah. As far as I can remember, and Jarvis, kind of, sort of, not really. Yeah, and like not even really Jarvis, because Jarvis was just a AI and yeah. stuff. So, um, I think that this show has done a remarkable job of making me care as much as it has in just eight episodes of uh, TV. Yeah, it's it's you know what or it seven is. Seven episodes at this point. Yeah. It, it, okay. So like. I'm, I'm trying to be positive because I did like it, but the problem for me is that it, in a lot of ways, it hit on a lot of beats that are super 
they've been done a lot of times in many finales. You know, you have someone sacrifice themselves. You have to have the big death right before the finale. You get the bad guy gets the big weapon. It causes mayhem. Now Peggy has to go fight them and get it. And it, but it didn't have the benefit of having 22 episodes of buildup and making me actually care about the character when that character sacrificed itself. And so as much as I think having, you know, eight episode seasons can be really cool, I do actually think it hurt it here because predictability yeah. predictability can sometimes be excused if you're really invested in the characters that are involved and I just didn't have as much time to get invested with that. Like if they had had Jarvis kill him, if they had Jarvis do it or they had Angie do it or something, I would have been more invested, but yeah, it's too bad. You know, it's really too bad. It's yeah. really too bad they didn't just pick up the show for at least a thirteen episode run. Yeah, I, th- um, I think thirteen would have been the way to go. But... Yeah, uh, and that that said, so we're sort of getting into our concept. So you're talking about the predictability. So the whole episode was mildly pre- mildly to pretty considerably predictable. Yeah, there's never like a big <gasps> what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like especially because like we pretty much knew everyone's actual motivation and allegiances going into the episode. It wasn't like we found out if Chenko yeah. was crooked in this episode. We found out last time. Yeah. Uh, and we obviously knew Dottie was crooked and we knew that, and, and like there were no other betrayals at all. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but I never thought that Howard Stark was actually going to show up yeah, and uh, save the day. I totally thought that it was Jarvis from, from the get go. Yeah, me too. Uh, sorry to anybody who might've, I was actually, I was surprised that Peggy didn't immediately realize it was, it was Jarvis. But, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, not upset about it, but I was, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, so um, uh, a moderately predictable episode, though well done, basically yeah. is sort of what our yeah. overall thesis is here. Much um, like the um, like like the the final thing with the gas, like I was that was sort of predictable, but I do think the visual of it was very well done. And was yeah, we actually we didn't really talk about that actually. Yeah. yeah, so the gas at the end, and Dan didn't pick up on this right away. We were talking before, but uh, it's definitely going to be what they used to reveal what happened at the Battle of Finau was this gas got out mm-hmm. and Howard Stark uh, left the army be- probably because he told them it wasn't ready or it was unethical to use. And then they've gotten a hold of it again. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens next week with that. I think that it's ultimately going to be so, sort of like maybe in like the whole thing gets exposed or something like that. The one question I do have about the gas is, do you think that it will have any sort of a future Marvel connection or do you think it's just for Agent Carter I'm trying to think if there's any other sort of Marvel thing like this that I can equate it to, but it's not coming to me. I mean, not off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I was saying that I was excited for next week. My other main con about this week is just that because of the predictability, Mm. I really would have liked it if this episode had strung together with the next one, with the finale. Uh, Because I felt like this was a really good buildup for a two-hour TV special, and I think it would have worked really well. Because right now I'm not on the edge of my seat for next week, except for the fact that I'm excited to see the finale. Yeah. But it's not like there wasn't a cliffhanger at the end of this episode at all. Yeah. It was just like, oh no, the bad guy. Will, guys will have she defeat the villain? Like, it's like, <laughs> yes, she will. She will. Defeat the villain. That's what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, so overall, I still, I still say an A minus. There was nothing that like got me agitated in terms of a con. So I think that that's enough to earn an A minus, and I hope next week we'll see an A or even maybe an A plus. Maybe. Yeah, I I hope my my opinions on the show will change because I, now looking back on the series, I think what I what I take away from it as of right now is a very solid, if by the book show that is heightened by the fact that it's about a female protagonist, which is definitely something good. But it didn't as aside from the pegginess of it all, I don't feel like the show really stood out to me. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Sure. Yeah. I think that that's moderately true, but that's true of a lot of, like, especially, like, the thing that comes to mind is procedurals. Yeah. Like, they're not, there aren't that many really great procedurals. Yeah. Uh, or, especially, and especially there aren't that many really distinct procedurals. Yeah. I but, think, but I was, I was looking for something different because it was an eight-episode series. I thought maybe, you know, get a very tight story. And it was, it is a tight story, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. By the maybe, book a little I bit. mean, also maybe if it had had a larger budget they might have been able to bring it to more locations and and do like a larger story yeah it's like ultimately this is still six hours not including commercials of film or tv Mm. so they could have gotten across as much as in two lord of the rings films yeah yeah Um, and i'm definitely super invested in the characters uh, in angie and Jarvis and especially Peggy and so I'm totally on board for another season and seeing where they can go with that yeah me too I, I really hope they get a second season I hope they get a 13 episode season if they did it right I'd be on board for a 22 episode season heck because I, I really do like the characters that I like yeah. and I think that bringing in more stuff from this period is really interesting mm. I doubt that it's going to get that just because the, rating, the ratings haven't been amazing I yeah I think we will get I think they'll just do what they did again. I think they'll say this is a good thing for in between Shield, and yeah. uh, I think that's fine. I think that I think that it is nice to have that. That when we come back to Shield, we won't have any breaks. It'll be great. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. So, so this is a small screen justice spinoff podcast. We do a lot more um, of other stuff on uh, the main podcast, Small Screen Justice. You can find us on iTunes, uh, mainly talking about um, the. DC shows as well as the Marvel shows over there. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can check us out at Superhero TV Pod. Um, the blog for this podcast is cartercast.wordpress.com. The blog for um, Small Screen Justice is smallscreenjustice.wordpress.com. If you want to send us an email, you can do so at smallscreenjustice@gmail.com. At We'd love to read your thoughts on the show, especially leading into the finale, what and what you think of the series as a whole, and what you would like from a uh, coming series. Uh, and if you'd like to please rate us, review us, or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We'll look for you next week with the finale. Bye.